Hi, welcome to Find My Next Office podcast. My name is Karina Irvin, and I'm the founder of Peninsula Commercial Real Estate Group. Each episode, I'm going to sit down with clients of mine to talk about their experience as an entrepreneur and also learn about their journey in finding their next office. Please enjoy this next episode, and thanks so much for listening. At the beginning of each episode, we talk about frequently asked questions in commercial real estate. On today's episode, we're going to talk about space planning and why it's important. So leasing too much space if you're a tenant can be an expensive mistake, but it can also be an expensive mistake if you lease too little space. It's a serious problem because leasing too little space would affect your business's growth and obviously leasing too much space, you're paying on a price per square foot. So it's going to cost you, you know, it could be thousands of dollars a month. So my recommendation for you to best avoid this issue is to plan ahead prior to signing your lease and to work with an experienced space planner or an architect. And what they do is they prepare something called a space program. A space program or a space programming exercise basically helps you identify the square footage that your company needs. The architect or the space planner will ask you questions, you know, like how many offices do you need? Do you need a private offices or do you like an open layout? Do you need a conference room? And if so, how many people do you want to fit in that conference room? Do you have a reception area, break room, right? Um, Is there an open area for your company where you need cubicles? And if so, how many cubicles? Those are just some examples of questions that are asked during this space planning uh, meeting. And the amount of square footage that they determine on that meeting will really rely heavily on kind of your layout and your design. So just generally, if you're requiring less office intensive layout and more open uh, space, it's probably less square footage. And if you require more office, you know, private offices, then you're probably going to need bigger space. Uh, a general ballpark figure that I've heard architects use is, you know, 150 square feet, you know, a person for ballpark. If you're a tech company, I've seen them go as little as 80 square feet a person. You know, if you're a more traditional law firm, they used to use 200 to 250 square feet a person. Just these are just general um, square footages per employee that I've heard. Um So anyway, so once the architect confirms your ideal square footage, your tenant rep broker, someone like myself, will use that to look for the appropriate square footage and space and layout in each of the buildings that they show you. So again, very important. Highly recommend you do a space planning meeting prior to signing a lease and prior to starting the search for office space. Thanks for listening. Hope that's helpful. Bye-bye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Find My Next Office podcast. I'm so excited to have two guests today. Actually, we have one uh, guest co-host, my friend Heather Boren, and our client, Shushan. So really quick, let me just give you a quick overview on who we have on the show today. Shushan is the founding shareholder and managing attorney of Full Circle Business Law, It's a law firm that offers comprehensive business and liquor law services to startups and businesses of any size at any stage. And I'll let her tell you more about her company. 
And then for my guest co-host today is Heather Boren. Heather is the founder and president of Estate Match Realty. She's a broker like myself, and we've been working on several deals together recently. And um, she's had stints at large corporations like Collier's, and she also ran leasing at a company called American Commercial Equities. And she's an adjunct professor at Pepperdine University. So thanks to both of you for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Karina. Yeah, thanks for having me as well. I appreciate it. All right, so let's start off with Shushan. Shushan, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, pretty broad question. <laughs> I don't know where to start, but I'll just go ahead and start with um, what the firm is really about. And part of the reason I think that it sets us apart from other law firms in the area. Um, you know, you already mentioned we're primarily a business law firm. So most of what we do is help businesses in a preventative way. We do some litigation on a case-by-case basis, but we really want to make sure that we keep businesses out of trouble. And one way we like to do that is by really uh, emphasizing education for our clients, because you can't help yourself if you don't know what to look for. Um, And one thing that we like to say is we help businesses grow smarter, not just bigger. And that's really, that goes hand in hand with the education piece. Everything that we do, we want to make sure we're helping client identify red flags, um, before they actually need a lawyer to intervene for anything bigger. And, and that really helps the client feel empowered in operating their business. So that's really what we're about. Um, pretty comprehensive in the services that we provide. So there's not a lot we don't do in the business sphere. And I started this firm probably about nine years ago now. <laughs> it's hard to believe. Um, and my husband, who is my law partner, joined me a few years ago. He jumped ship from from corporate life and um, moved over to to my law firm. We're the two primary attorneys um, at the firm. We have an associate attorney who's really wonderful who started with us not too long ago. And we've got a really great client coordinator and she helps keep clients informed and connected to us um, and moves matters through the pipeline. So everybody that comes through the door, they really get a chance to work with all of us. We work as a team, just like we expect our clients do the same. Yeah, thanks, Shushan. I also forgot to mention she's a fellow Trojan, like uh, yes. like myself. So fight on. <laughs> I'm the lone yeah. Bruin here, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. It happens. So, uh, yeah. And we have on another uh, powerful mo- woman entrepreneur here who started her own firm, Heather Boren. So Heather, give us a quick uh, update on who you are and your firm. Uh, Sure. Thank you. As you mentioned, I I started my firm, Estate Match Realty, uh, to help, just like you, uh, business owners, uh, when it comes to investment properties and leasing. I previously came from corporate and worked for in-house and saw from that angle. So really enjoy connecting with entrepreneurs as well. And like Shushan, very passionate about that education side of it. So part of my way of giving back uh, is through teaching at Pepperdine University and teaching various real estate finance courses. So that's a little bit about, about me. And actually, that's how I initially got connected with Shushan. I actually needed some documentation prepared and needed an attorney. And uh, ever since I've just hit it off and worked together both as a client myself, but also with other clients and I think one thing you mentioned to me, uh, Shushan, was you got started, besides law, you were yourself an entrepreneur doing online clothing. 
company. Can you tell us a little bit, sorry for the segue, everybody, but can you tell us a little bit about uh, how you made that shift and pivot? I think that's really interesting. Uh, you yourself, an entrepreneur, not just in law, but having gone through a lot of what um, Karina's audience members are experiencing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gosh, it feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> when I think about that, I think, who is that person? It's not it's not me anymore. Um, but it, it is, obviously, my experience informed a lot of what I do. And um, besides having started my own business, you know, a large reason why I started working with businesses is because I come from an immigrant community and I myself am an immigrant. So having seen really the difference in knowing and understanding the law to be able to protect yourself and and your business. And for most people, just like for us, your business is your livelihood. It's, you know, the lifeblood of what, um, of your survival and having seen that and, and what a difference that, that knowledge piece made really um, informed my decision to work with other businesses. But personally, having been an entrepreneur, I, I mean, I was really young. Right? I was in my early 20s. I had an idea. Um, I was ambitious. I didn't know what I was doing. And just like anybody, you think, this is a great idea. I'm going to learn. I'm going to throw myself into this head first. And it was a lot of exploration, lots of mistakes. <laughs> and um, in that short period of time, I managed to also have kind of run into a relationship with a vendor whom I trusted. I didn't have things in writing at the time. Um, again, being young, I think they kind of took advantage of that. I lost a little bit of money in that process. And um, I also saw firsthand how hard it is to recover that money. Uh, even if you have something, you know, um, vetting the relationship in advance is so important. So it was a huge educational experience for me. And whenever I, I talk to a new client, I come into it with that experience. I know how scary it can be not knowing everything and just being prepared to take that chance. So I have a lot of respect for, for all of our clients because I know how hard it is. Um, the clothing world didn't work out for me <laughs> personally, obviously I ended up in law. So um, I really like seeing the people who can make it work and it's, it's a lot of fun to do it with them. I love that um, you brought up the fact that you're an immigrant. I'm an immigrant myself and a lot of our audience are as well. And so they've started started businesses and as an entrepreneur, can you tell us about how coming from an immigrant family, being an immigrant yourself, you know, how did you, how did your parents support you kind of leaving, you know, like call it a secure job or a safe job and then kind of starting your own business? How does that play into, into that journey? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think I had a slightly different experience from my husband because he's not an immigrant. He comes from, you know, generationally American family um, and probably came from more financial stability and security than I did. And in some ways, I think that made it easier for my family to um, to support my decision to do something like this, where you don't have a steady paycheck for a while. Um, and it, it sort of primed me for it too, because I was used to the uncertainty growing up. Um, so I, I felt a little bit more comfortable with the unknown um, and, and with that kind of that level of, again, uncertainty. And my parents were pretty supportive because there's a reason that they moved here, right? It's to do something 
for themselves to follow a dream that they maybe had and couldn't pursue um, from from our own old country. And I think they wanted the same for me. So it's just really interesting because you're speaking to, you know, not just being a woman and an immigrant and starting your own company. You're seeing like the full gambit of all of that, um, which sometimes in this day to day is really, really challenging and can be difficult. So I think you relating to that with other women and entrepreneurs um, and minorities who are looking to start their own business is so powerful. Uh, I, I noticed you also, and I know because of personally, uh, that you're very involved in that sector as well, besides just your law practice. Um, I think you're on the board of the WYCA in the Glendale and Pasadena chapters as well. So I love that you're also not just in your practice empowering women and minorities, but also giving back in the nonprofits uh, sector. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that as well. Sure. I would love to. I always love the chance to talk about the YWCA. They're just such a great organization. Um, you know, they're a national organization. They've been around for a really long time and they've championed um, women and equality, equity across the board, not just with women, but for, for everybody. And um, we have a really great chapter here in Glendale. It's technically the Glendale and Pasadena chapter now. Um, a few years ago, I, I met the executive director, currently CEO of our chapter, Tara Peterson. And um, I met her and a couple people who had been involved with the organization and they talked to me about what the organization does. And I really didn't know the depth of it at the time. I thought it was primarily just a community center, which is how I grew up with it. It was actually right next to my elementary school. So I remember growing up around it but I didn't know what they provided. Our particular chapter provides domestic violence um, services. So for victims of domestic violence, we have shelters for them. But in addition to that, we work pretty actively within the community to try to eliminate uh, racism and gender inequality uh, and inequity. So that is a large part of our mission. And when I learned more about that and having been so closely tied to that mission myself, felt like it was a really natural progression for me to give back in that way. Once you've sort of built for yourself, at least enough where you feel like you have your bearings, I think it's natural to look around and see what can I do next for other people. And um, this was just a perfect fit for me. And I encourage anyone Who's interested to look into the organization. They are really wonderful. They offer, um, particularly our chapter, we offer like summer camps for girls, for girls empowerment. There's um, some STEM or STEAM. I don't know if they include the arts, <laughs> I can't remember, but there are uh, different programs for, for kids. And it's just, it's a really great way to connect. So please look at them. <laughs> yeah, no, that's so fantastic. We'll definitely put this in the show notes as well. So since the name of our podcast is Find My Next Office, you're obviously a busy entrepreneur running your law firm. You're doing a lot of volunteer um, in the nonprofit space. So tell us a little bit about the moment when you felt like you've outgrown 
you know, your, your space, whether that be your original home office or an executive suite. Can you give us a little bit about that journey so we can educate kind of our listener and, you know, the growing pains of a business and how that transforms? Sure. Yeah. When I first started, um, I, I was mostly out of our home. Uh, I didn't have any kind of space at all. Uh, I remember the first thing I did was get an interior office uh, at like a Regis Suites kind of um, corporate office and it had no windows. <laughs> it was just like this tiny little office in there. And I was so excited. I remember going in there and thinking, this is great. I'm going to meet all these wonderful people who are just like me. And then what I found was that I was just stuck in an interior office and I wasn't really seeing anyone or any daylight or anything. So um, at a certain point, I made the decision to give up that office. It didn't feel like the right time quite yet. And I wasn't getting the benefits that I hoped for. So I continued working from home for a while. Um, at one point, a friend of mine who owns a law firm and was doing really well, she had um, an office that opened up in, within her suite. And she asked me if I wanted to rent it out. And I remember at the time, considering what our overhead is now, compared to that at the time, what she was asking me felt like such a big jump and it felt like such a risk. And I thought, oh my gosh, what if I can't afford to pay this? What am I going to do if I can't get enough clients? And sort of tying that back to, you know, your immigrant family being supportive. It was my parents that encouraged me to do it because they, they just emphasized, you know, taking that risk, stretching yourself just a little bit so that you can get to the next level. And that staying within my comfort zone wasn't really going to get me there. Um, and they offered a little bit of support too, and that it's okay. Nothing is permanent. If it doesn't work, you can always take a step back, right? That's fine. It's fine to try something and it doesn't go your way. So I did, and I took the space. I was there for a couple of years. It was wonderful. Um, she was then expanding and needed my office. So I moved on to a slightly larger office space for, with somebody else, with another firm. And I was there. Uh, for the last several years. And within that firm, we ended up then renting out some cubicle space because we hired and we just grew within that space. And even then, even moving to that space, I felt like adding on the cubicle space. Oh my gosh, like everything is just keeps adding to the cost and can I hack it? Um, eventually, like I said, my husband joined the practice and we were sharing that office <laughs> for the longest time together. It just, and that's what really led us to move into our own suite um, and take that chance again, taking yet another step that we felt like was kind of scary and a stretch for us, but um, felt like it was necessary to grow to the next step. So now that we have the space, you know, we've got, we've each got our, um, our own office, which is nice. We're not talking over each other. We have a spot for our client coordinator. We have enough office space for additional associates, even though our current associate is remote. So it's been a really great transition from one thing to another. At every point, it has felt like, can we do this? This feels scary. It's a bit of a stretch. And we've grown into that stretch each time. So I feel a little bit more confident this time around, but it's definitely, it's always been a little scary every time we've done it. 
Yeah, I, re I remember a lot of times we'd have conversations, just you and me, about how, um, you know, do we take that next jump? How much space do we need? How many offices? But at the same time, you're growing, you're hiring, and I and a lot of entrepreneurs go through that. So on our tours, there were a couple of properties that ended up jumping out, and eventually, of course, the one that was found that kind of checked off all the boxes. So maybe walk us through some of those moments where you had that, okay, aha moment, this, this is the right one. It fits our needs and we can do this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I do want to mention, cause Heather, you've been on this journey with us for a while now. This was our second attempt at, um, at, jumping onto our own space. We tried a few years ago, pre-COVID, um, we thought, okay, this might be a good time to do that. We started looking at space it, and there just never was space that fit within our budget that was small enough, but big enough, you know? So after trying it the first time and feeling like it just wasn't the right time for us, we put the pause on and then COVID happened. Um, and once we started seeing that you know, we could probably go back into the office and it would be great to have that be our space when we do. We started looking around again. And, you know, we saw we saw a few that just were definitely a no-go for us. Environment was important. And the commercial impression that the space leaves on a client is important. But we also considered, you know, we're going to be going into the office every day. What's going to be um, a happy space for us, a space where we feel like we can be productive, where we are motivated and excited to go in every day. Um, and that's, I think when we felt like we found our match with this particular space and we wanted something that would be built out for our needs that sounded really appealing to us. So um, we did kind of the Goldilocks thing, right? Like this one's too big or too nice for us, a little too much out of our budget, even though it's beautiful. It had a beautiful view. Um, it was great, but we really had to be realistic with, yes, we can stretch, but can we stretch that much? Um, and then on the other spectrum of this is, no matter what we did with this space, it just wouldn't meet our standards. It wouldn't fit with our overall brand and and environment and this one was great it was it needed to be redone <laughs> the building is in good condition you know they had been making improvements the location was convenient parking was super easy um, which was important for our clients nobody wants to drive through la traffic and then have to hunt for parking um so that was wonderful. And the way that they would build out the space was going to fit our needs and we can grow into it. It's not too big where we feel overwhelmed by it. Um, but we have enough space that we can continue to grow for the length of the lease that we have. Yeah, no, that's great. You're so analytical about the process, which I think is great. And I think <laughs> a lot of our audience who's going through the same thing can learn from that. So let's go to a rapid advice. So at the end of each episode, I ask the guests the same three questions. Um, and I think really for this part, I think you could be very helpful. So give us one piece of advice from your whole office space experience that we recently went through for your Glendale office that can help someone else that's going through it right now. 
Gosh. Um, you know what? I would say see the space as many times as you need to, even through the, the negotiation process with the lease. Um, if you need to go back and look at some of the details, if you're working out a, a build out, but some parts of the build out are going to, or the original space are going to be retained. Don't be afraid to go see that again and make sure that it's exactly what you want, what you're comfortable with. Um, you know, we had obviously some limitations with COVID. We didn't want to keep going in and out of the same space, but that was important to be able to see the space multiple times uh, to be able to visualize what it would potentially look like. So some of the fun facts, right? You have your comic Lana. And at one point in time, we were in a book club together. I think this was yeah. during COVID. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ex- that's right. Exactly. So I don't know if we read any business entrepreneurial books in that club, but do you have a favorite entrepreneurial book? Mm-hmm. So I, I will be totally honest. I am a fiction reader. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I spend so much of my life in nonfiction reading that when I start to read, I just want to be engrossed within a story. Um, I don't do a ton of entrepreneurial reading, but I will say something that had a really positive impact on me was a book called Mindset which I, I think probably a lot of people have read um, by Carol Dweck. And that is, it's not strictly an entrepreneurial book, but it has that application pretty readily. And I think that that's transformative. It really teaches you about having a growth mindset and how that can impact the work that you're doing. And um, I think every entrepreneur should have a growth mindset, at least with respect to their business. So Highly recommend that book. That was great. Oh, I absolutely agree with with that. So I'm adding that to my book list. Mindset is everything. And so our last question is, you know, the the entrepreneurial journey is not always easy. It's up and down. Um, What's your favorite motivational or inspirational quote that keeps you going in some of those days that aren't so easy? You know, I I do remember something uh, when I clerked when I was in law school, I was... um, in-house at a, a, a company and the assistant general counsel, she was not there, but I was sitting at her desk um, often because she was on maternity leave. And she had a little sticker uh, that she had left on her computer that I didn't touch. Um, and it said, don't sweat the small stuff. And I don't know why that just always, it's so simple and it's, you know, really cliche, (laughs) but um, it just always stuck with me. And I think back to that and I think about how she, at that point in her career still felt like she needed a reminder of that too. And I think we all, all do all the time. So I would say that probably is what sticks out to me. I try to live by that, but you know, you can't help it sometimes. (laughs) Absolutely. That's a great, that's a great quote. Well, thank you so much, Shushan. Thank you so much, Heather. This was a special episode having Heather, my friend, co-host it with me and Shushan. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Hope I provided some kind of helpful insight and advice. And um, yeah, I'd love to hear the rest of your podcast, Karina. I'm excited. Yeah. Thanks again for having me. Like Shushan said, it was a lot of fun. 